He who travels the podcast. Greetings. Thank you for joining uh, podcast. This is actually podcast number five for the season. And we have a, a special esteemed co-host today, uh, Mr. Vincent Willis. Mr. Willis, how, how's it going today, sir? Um, I can't complain. Like I said, just keep trying to keep it all in the middle of the road, man. You know? uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about yourself, Vincent, like where you're from, what you yeah. do, uh, maybe a hobby or a fun fact that you might want to share? Yeah, well, again, like you said, my name is Vincent Willis. I'm born and raised in Jacksonville, Arkansas, which is, you know, about 15 minutes outside of Little Rock. Um, spent pretty much all my childhood and, and teenage years there. Um and then I moved to Atlanta and I think uh, fall of fall of 1999 or maybe fall of 2000. I don't, don't you know, I'm, I'm getting older now. So the dates, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, the dates kind of run together when you in, in your early late teens, early 20s. I moved to Atlanta in my pretty much uh, early 20s where, you know, late. I was 19, 20. When I moved to Atlanta and, <clears throat> you know, been in Atlanta ever since and uh, how you and I came about is that I know uh, your brother, Greg, um, and we went to Morehouse together, uh, graduated the class of 2003 together. And, and since then I've, um, you know, pursued, you know, different degrees, a uh, master's degree at Ohio, master's degree at Ohio State and a PhD from Emory University. And currently I am a um, professor at the uh, University of Alabama. And so that's kind of the, the shortened, the shortened version of, of, of who I, you know, where I'm from and what I do. Now, what, now, what are you, uh, uh these days? Uh, right now, uh, it's, it's interesting. You asked, I hadn't actually taught in a year and a half, uh, which is, you know, kind of odd in, in, in my profession, but I was fortunate enough to get a, a, a course release, um, from the university of Alabama, uh, my third year, and then I was able to follow that up with a uh, a postdoc. Um, and so okay. I hadn't, you know, so I've been in Atlanta pretty much for a year and a half, and that that postdoc ends actually in the fall of twenty twenty. So I, you know, this fall I'll be going back or you know teaching online or a hybrid of uh, of, of you know a, a hybrid of you know online or in person, and I'm teaching a course on youth activism. Um, and I'm also teaching a course on social problems and social change. So it's 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 kind of fitting that we are in this moment um, or, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so those are courses I'll be teaching. Um, OK, so your um, so your Ph.D. sort of area of study was was it African-American studies or some something related to that? Yeah, so my, my 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 bachelor's degree and my master's in is is in Afan is in African American studies. My PhD though is is in educational history, which is hmm. um, you know yes, it's all in a you know the kind of humanity social science you know uh, interdisciplinary kind of track. Uh, but what hmm. I do is I, I look at the educational uh, history of student activism from you know from a perspective of Black youth. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm always dealing on some form of having all since I've been, you know, pursuing these, you know, you know, these degrees I've, I've, I've focused on, 
you know, the, the perspective of 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 African American history, uh, particularly in the Southern context. But I have mm. out to um, there was a time where I was looking at um, thinking about linking youth activism up that happened in you know during um, Nixon's Law and Order uh, presidency, mm. presidency, and then like you know towards the ending of apartheid. Uh, in, in, in Cape Town, which is one of the reasons that took me, uh, one of the reasons that got me interested in, in, in South Africa or traveling to South Africa. So those worlds kind of wedded as my opportunities came about um, through, you know, these different pursuits. That's that's fascinating. That's a very, I like that it's very specific. And yeah. it, it's also not sort of this area of study that you hear people you know, talk about specializing in. So that's that's pretty dope that you got this mastery of this really important conversation um, that you don't hear a lot of people talking about. Now, it's also it's important to note that we are uh, for our followers. We are both Morehouse College brothers. I uh, I finished in two thousand. When did you get, when did you get there? You said I believe I got there in the in the spring of two thousand. Oh, okay. I had just got up out of there. Yeah, I finished. Yeah, I finished. Uh, you know, I was on that five year, well, four and a half year plan. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got. And that wasn't a bad plan. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. It wasn't, a, and it wasn't an uncommon plan either. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> we know we were good enough and did the six or seven year run. So, yeah, yeah. You know, God bless yeah. them. I, yeah, the, le- the left and came back kind of students. So I, you know, each, you know, the, the journey is real. No, that's true. It's especially, uh, especially at Morehouse College at times, for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Now, um, I, I was gonna mention that I actually, I guess it was just too late for me, but I had this interest in studying um, African American studies, like on a graduate level, mm-hmm. PhD level, and I just, I just don't have, I don't have it in me, but. <laughs> Hey, you never know, man. I, I, to be, I, I can tell you, I'm telling you, Hoop, uh, uh, you'll be surprised, you know, this like, and I'm not saying it's based on, you know, us being Morehouse, but I'm just saying, like, I, I just, you know, when you when you live, you know, this life, you just, you experience different things. I know a colleague of mine literally came back and, and pursued her PhD, and I believe she was in her 50s or 60s. Hmm. And she had, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about she was one of the first, and for your listeners out there who want to, she does really dope work, Dr. Cheryl Crawford. I mean, she's she's a fascinating individual. By, so she was one of the first black uh, students to enter, to, uh, to desegregate Emory University, wrote this dope-ass article about, you know, uh, the black student trials and tribulation in Emory, which I, I would expect your young listeners to even go look it up now. Um, and... Repeat her name. I'm going to take just it down. Cheryl Croft. Yeah, Dr. Cheryl Croft. She's actually a professor at Kennesaw State, but she's one of like the, so she's she's a, a, a great model of anybody who thinks that, she's a great model for several things, but since we're on the topic of, 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 of you believing it's too late, she's like one of the great models of, of like getting a bachelor's degree. She had a career. She was like she was a teacher, a, a principal, assistant principal, assistant district. I mean, assistant super. I mean, she was just she she just had a fascinating career in public. Hmm. Then she decided to return 
to get a PhD. Now she's a professor. And so, you know, she's lived that practitioner's life. She lived the scholar life and wears those worlds together. So she'll be an interesting person, you know, if you ever want to talk to about, uh, you know, kind of, you know, thinking it's too late. So I've, I've, I've learned a lot from mm-hmm. Dr. Crop about, you know, you know, living, really living life on your own time, you know, in your own terms and, and not. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. Always think the only that thing, the only thing I, that I would say that you know, what, education you should you you probably want to finish high school at a particular time, but I don't even want mm-hmm. to put that out there because you know, there's some thirty year old who may want to, who need who needs to finish a high school diploma. So, sure, you know, so absolutely. You, just, you know, we don't want to set up a time against ourselves, but it, but that interest is there, man. You know, and, and you can find ways to to wed those worlds, and you know, when you now with all yeah, life, so you just never yeah, know. well. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna, you know, I still have the uh, the desire is definitely not gonna go anywhere. I just, you know, it it would just have to be a matter of putting putting the desire into motion. That's yeah. all it is. But but so I, I really wanted to hear you unpack your well, if you could just tell me a little bit about how you ended up visiting South Africa. Mm-hmm. I think my brother mentioned that you took some students there. But yeah, I'd really yeah. like to hear sort of what, how the opportunity happened and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, what brought so, you guys there. So, so earlier you asked a fun fact and I, and I tie that into to the question you asked now. So one of the things about me being a, you know, country boy is that, you know, I always like to travel, you know, e- even regardless if it was, you know, to Memphis or, you know, like small, you know, small areas, like just getting the car with my homeboys or cousins or whatever. And, you know, once we, as we got older, we just travel. And so when I moved to Atlanta, you know, we continued to travel. So I've always had that, like, experience of traveling, um, you know, as a, as a late teenager, early adult person. But most mm-hmm. of my travels were, you know, mostly just social. And, and, and so as I got older, I, I wanted to not only just travel, but I wanted to travel um, with, with a purpose. Like, learn, learn something about people life outside of 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 the boundaries of the US. Now I had read about continent, you know, I read about different places in the Caribbean, but from the time I was you know, I say I, I probably started traveling around 17, 18. I might have been in New Orleans, Florida, Atlanta a couple of times, Texas, different parts of Texas. I've never, you know, ventured outside of pretty much the southern, you know, say United States. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time when I got to grad school that was the first time the study abroad was realistic to me you know because um like 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 uh you know your brother and i you know we met we didn't meet at morehouse even though we were in morehouse together we met at uh metro one and you know i had to work you know what i'm saying so i was a full-time student a full-time worker paying my own bills and something like that so study abroad in college was never realistic to me because i had to work year round right no that's real yeah, so when I got to Ohio State, that was the first time that I was actually a, a student. I, that I, I wasn't, you know, doing any outside job, or I was, I could just, you know, pursue a master. So at that point, study abroad, you know, became an option. And then I went to uh, Ghana in two thousand. Oh, wow. In two thousand six. So I went to Ghana in two thousand six. The experience was was you know life changer. Um, and then, you know, uh, came back, went to uh, 
uh, Emory and Emory again, these things, these worlds, you know, they just kind of cut, you know, inter interconnect, you know, it's not something I plan for. And so like my third or fourth year Emory, I became aware of this summer program they call the um, UNCF Mellon Mays Summer Institute. And the UNCF Mellon Mays Summer Institute is really designed uh, for undergraduates who are thinking about pursuing a PhD, then, you know, the Summer Institute, you know, is, is, is the launch pad, you know, it kind of gives them opportunity to learn what graduate school is and teach them all these things about graduate school. So I was a graduate assistant in that program. And it just so happened that part of that experience is they have a, a January program that's hosted in in Cape Town. Um, and so one of the my first opportunities to go was 2013 um, uh, with the with the summer program, the UNCF Mellon summer program. And then I went just came and then, you know, in tw 2020, I went back with that with that same program. So it's part of an exchange um, between the Mellon Mays fellows who are in Cape Town, mm. and those who are in the state. So the the the, 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 the those who who go to school in college universities in in Cape Town, they come to the U.S. in the summertime, and then the students, you know, who are in the U.S., they go they get a chance to go to Cape Town in January, which is you know their summer. And so part of that, so that opportunity, you know, uh, allowed me to get to Cape Town. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the first time you were there as a student mm -hmm. and then the second time you were there as. Yeah, the, the, as a professor, I was I was there as now I'm like uh, the co-director of the summer program. Um, so I, I went um, because the director could not go. Um, and so I went in, 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 in her place. So, yeah. Okay. So it's safe to say that you'll probably have uh, opportunities in the future. Hopefully. To, 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 yeah. to go to Cape Town. Now, what did you, um, and I don't want to forget about, I have a question about Ghana, but okay. uh, did you ever go outside Cape Town? Did you go to any other cities in, in South Africa while you were there? No, I mean, we had a, you know, a, a pit stop, you know, a layover in Johannesburg, but you know, mm -hmm. nothing outside the airport. No. Mm -hmm. Now, okay, so Ghana, how? Now, I've only been to the continent once, so my mm -hmm. wife and I went to Cape Town. Okay. Uh, 2018 for our honeymoon. Uh oh. Um. Yeah. 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 Uh. <laughs> in, in May, so it's yeah. sort of like what? That's like the end of. That's rich folks shit right there. That's rich. That's rich. Ah. My wife and I, well, we, we were, uh, we went to our honeymoon. It was somewhere in the Caribbean. Well, yeah, you know, we were, we were lucky. We were blessed. That's, yeah. uh, that's for sure. Right. Um, but we went there for our honeymoon and spent two weeks there in May. So I guess that's kind of like the end of, uh, fall maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. The end of fall. We were there kind of like mid May, but, okay. Only only time I've been on the continent um, was that time, and I, you know, I was telling folks that we had gone to Cape Town, or actually, or we were going to Cape Town. You know, I was telling mm -hmm. folks before we went, and you know, some people were like, "That's not really, that's like the colonized version of Africa. That's not, 
you know, the most authentic. <laughs> the most authentic experience, yeah. Uh, experience. And I wanted to hear what you, well, first, like what you think about that statement, but also what was Ghana in, like in comparison to Cape Town? Are they very, I mean, of course, you know, Africa's huge and diverse. Right, right. Um, but is well, there some, I guess, credence to what these folks were telling me? Yeah, well, well, I, no, I, I don't want to. I don't like to gauge authenticity by um, some notion of um, difference. I mean, Cape Town and Ghana are very different places, but I think if you go to Cape Town, you meet, you know, there's black people in Cape Town, a whole lot of black people in Cape Town. I don't think that if you tell a South African from Cape Town, or I, I can give you a specific example, you tell Lorato who was you know, born and raised in a township in South Africa that she's not authentically African like a Canadian. I, I don't I don't think that would be I don't think that that, that conversation would go very well. Now if, if somebody's if, if they're if if the if the premise of that conversation is to say, well, there's probably there's a, a greater connection between where you where you know where, where your ancestors were kidnapped from um you know then you know, historically, that's that's probably you know you know the the, the western, uh, you know, uh, the western part of Africa, you know, things like that. Then, yeah, I think that you know that that's debatable. But I, I wouldn't necessarily say I've been to, like I said I've been to Cape Town twice and I've been to Ghana once. I don't think my experience and my two experiences in Cape Town. Are, are less authentic than my experience in Ghana, but they are now. They are two different experiences. I mean, three different experiences, of course. Uh, demographics, you know, wise, it's very different. Um, Ghana, you know, if you go to Ghana, you see, you know, it's it's black everything. You know, black president, black you know officials, black policemen, black people. I mean, so yeah, it's 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 it's. it's I would I don't want to make a false equivalent, but it would be like going to a all black city and you don't see you know any white people around and going to cape town would be like you know going to a city where and i know these countries so i don't want people to say what the hell is i'm just trying to like demographically speaking like so if you go to a place yeah. where it's mostly black and black is running things and if you go to a place where you know black is a, is a significant population but they're not necessarily running things those dynamics would be different you still got authentic experiences uh, of what being black is in, in, in within that context, so I try not to, you know, I, I've never heard you know Ghanaians compare themselves to folks from Cape Town or you know to Cape Tonians, and I've never heard black Cape Tonians compare themselves to Ghanaians. So I try not to make the, the, those kind of comparisons. And but 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 to, to the, my experience in Ghana um, was definitely a different experience than it was in Cape Town. But I was also, you know at a different place in my life. When I went to Ghana, I was 20, what, four years old, 25, I believe. Maybe, no, 25, I think. Uh, I was 25, so I think I went in 2005, not 2006. Um, it was 2005, 2006, one you know, of them. And um, when I went to, you know, Cape Town, I was 33 and I was, you know, 39. So, you know, it, I, mm -hmm. you know I think it really depends on where you go. I've One thing that I, I found in both places, though, is that I had an appreciation for like, 
you know, uh, like the versatility of black. I mean, it's just like, you know, black people, we got, you know, throughout the diaspora and unique individuals. And so um, that's kind of where I would sit on that. I, I don't, I don't really like to make these, you know, authentic comparisons uh, because I don't, I don't see people on the continent doing that. And so I try, yeah. I try not to do that myself. It, it felt when, when I heard it, it felt very much like uh, a very kind of, well, it sounded a little bit stupid, but <laughs> it was, it was very a decontextualized kind of statement to make because, you know, if you know anything about the continent, we know that every, every country has its own unique story. Right. And yeah, some of them, go ahead. I'm sorry. I say, like you said, every every country has a unique story with the colonizers. So Ghana was once exactly, colonized. exactly. Yeah, that was yeah. the next thing I was about to say. So they were colonized differently, and yeah, there were different power dynamics, and right. there were a whole host of different factors that were happening, um, you know, throughout the course of history of these 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 countries, which we know which, you know, prior to colonization were kind of delineated by tribal spaces and not, you know, these arbitrary borders that were created because of that. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of an odd thing. And I think I understand maybe what people were getting at when they said that to me, because in Cape Town, we found ourselves, you know, and we we had a tourist experience. For mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah, I know. So, I found we found ourselves. I don't know if you are familiar with Sea Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- 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 very ritzy. Yeah, we were out in Sea Point, which yeah. had uh, a very significant Jewish population. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's gorgeous. It's right there on the water. Like you said, it's it's you know a, a fluent place. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But there are definitely lots of spaces that are dominated by white folk. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. And in a lot of instances, I could see the way kind of the the structural stratification mm-hmm. works. Like it was apparent to me in, in those moments where we were, you know, just kind of, you know, visiting. You know, yeah. I, I yeah, could yeah. see those things. So I, I do understand. And again, I haven't been to Ghana. I don't know how prevalent it would be. I would imagine that they don't have a population of European folks as great as they do in uh, Cape Town. But there are places in Ghana, like I said, when you go to, uh, uh, you know, Elmina, I mean, when you go to places, I mean, any place, man, to be honest, surrounded by a body of water, you know, you're going to find, you know, some beauty in that. Like, it's hard to fuck up like a beach, you know, unless Mm -hmm. you just it. Yeah. Um, And and so Ghana even have, you know, uh, have those places where if, if somebody was, you know, were to blindfold you and tranquilize you know you know tranquilize you and drop you off you would think you in some you know metropolitan area i mean which which you are um yeah i can understand if they're talking about demographics or or like some kind of connection Uh, yeah but i just i i think uh when you go places and you can get around uh people who look like you and in that different context i i I would prefer to just appreciate the place I wouldn't make, you know, just like, you know, I, I, you know, it's just like, you know, 
I, I you know, like I said, I, just, I wouldn't make those comparisons because I haven't seen them make that comparison. So I, I think you, you know, you know, plus you was on your honeymoon. So it's, you know, you, you wanted a, a nice area. Sure. Sure. Yeah, you know, Cape Town is one of the most beautiful places that I've been, you know, man, ain't it? It, ain't is. it. it I, is. I mean, it's like, you know, when you look at it on the map, you don't, you don't realize how far on, on the bottom you are, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. On yeah. the map, it is. It is like a very. I mean, it's a beautiful place. I don't think you. You know, it, it has a whole lot of ugliness to it. Ugly history, ugly uh, present moment. Um, but you know, there are black people in Cape Town, so I, I wouldn't anywhere there's black people. You know, I, I wouldn't say there's not an authentic experience of, of blackness because most likely, like you said, it comes with some. It comes with a stratification, a power dynamic, and all those kind of things that I think you know everyone should should respect that. that um, sure sure you know, that 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 dynamic yeah and you know i was gonna backtrack a little bit of what you were saying but the i was very i have a very sort of romantic <laughs> if for lack of a better word romanticized sort of feeling about south africa oh yeah uh, in part because of the way that it looks right yeah and you know it, it's I remember my wife and I they I don't know if you recall this but they have a hop on hop off bus in Cape Town mm -hmm. yeah. and you pay and then it takes you you know it was a, a very inexpensive way uh, followers to get around Cape Town but right. you pay and it takes you all over so we had taken one bus and it drove us to uh, oh I can't believe I'm having this brain fart it is the beach that looks like Miami uh oh my god what is the name of this part of cape town it's breathtaking it's on the water mm -hmm. uh it's on, it's a beach part uh How far was it from it? it's not far from sea point um you know what i'm gonna yell at my wife real quick babe steph what's what's the name of our favorite part of cape town there we go. Camps Bay. I don't know if you remember Camps Bay, uh -huh. but we pulled up to Camps Bay and our mouths just dropped. Like, yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. What what did my eyes <laughs> stumble upon? And it yeah. was just this this breathtaking, unparalleled beauty. And uh I mean, it's it's something, and I've been I've been to a couple of places, yeah, um, in my life, and I've 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 been to I did a study abroad in Rio de Janeiro back mm -hmm. in the day, and it you know kind of rivaled that type of. Oh yeah, yeah, but um, I think so, to me, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of Cape Town. It's so beautiful. And then you see all of these racialized complexities. Like, how can you be in, you know, in, in such a beautiful place where you have just this, you know, level of stratification? I mean, where you could be in this beautiful place and you go, you know, five miles east, west, you know, or north or south, and you find such um, levels of 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 despair. You know, I don't even want to say despair, but of, of economic challenges. Um, sure. So I think that's you know like even in Sea Point, you know like if you're on the the beach side, you know it's fine. But if you go a couple of uh, a couple of you know streets away from the beach, 
you know, you see, you know, the same kind of urban areas, you know, bars on the windows and and, and things like that. And, and and that's like just a couple of streets over. So that, oh, yeah. that, you know, those, so even when people say, that's what I'm saying, people say, well, you know, you, you know, you know, again, like I, I, I would have a, I would have a, you know, I have trouble with the word authenticity. You, it's a, you know, Ghana and Cape Town are different places, but they're, they're just like saying that, you know, uh, Vancouver and, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. California are different. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 it's, you know, it's different countries, you know, different sure. places. So, you know, they just occupy, you know, the same, you know, um, you know, you know, continent or whatever the case may be, uh, you know, uh, or same, you know, parts of the world or in the same hemisphere. But, you know, yeah, they're, they're different places. So, I, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that your experience was cheap and given that you, you know, went, um, you know, for a honeymoon. Now, if you say, well, I want to go for educational purposes and you just stayed on C-Point, then I would be like, well, you know, now your educational purpose, I would say that probably wasn't the, um, sure. you know, the. Yeah, the, you're right. And we did make it a point. We volunteered in uh, the Google Letu uh, mm-hmm. uh, township. Yeah. And yeah. Greg was telling me that you guys had gone to a school or did some work maybe in the school. And I was like, I wonder if it's the same. I know that there are several communities. Uh, the town we went to, the one we had issue with this year is in Kyle um, the township we went to. <laughs> okay. Uh, in 2020. But the one, but but, I, but like I said, you know, in 2013, we, this program has always gone, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, our undergrads experience, you know, um, very, Luxurious living, you know, when they go over there, you know, they they are in a, they are in, you know, the nice hotels and and things like that, and you know, but we do try to make it a point to to send them to, you know, more complicated areas of of Cape Town to so they can interrogate, you know, the 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 country and all its all its complexities. But like I said, it's just it's hard, man. It's hard to be over there and you, and you looking at all these, you know, this beauty. Um, and you know, if you if you if you if you like you said, if you stay on, you know, Sea Point or if you stay, I think we last time we stay, I think in Beluga. Uh, it might I forgot what's name, a Blomberg or something like that. It's like on the other side of Cape Town, but it's, it's mm-hmm. on the mountain. But you're looking right at you know, the mountain is surrounded by. I got a couple of blom. It's something like that. I have to look at a Blomberg, or but it's 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 beautiful too. It's like right on the water. It's been uh you know gentrified, and we went to a restaurant where you know people feet was in the water. I mean, it was just it's 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 interesting place, man. So so you have to venture out um to get those complexities, but but they have you know found a way. Which like you know like like anywhere you know. Um, that you go, you you know where the money is, and you know where the money is not. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, my wife and I, we weren't going to travel that far to a place is is complex, yeah, and fascinating as South Africa, and just stay in Sea Point, yeah, and, and just kind of make it into this, you know, this I don't know this blissful. <laughs> Right, right. You know, honeymoon experience, which is, which is, you know, sure we're entitled to do that, but I, we weren't going to come that far without, you yeah, know, tearing back it. some of yeah. the layers of, of of the identity of the place, and we um 
we, you know, oh, one cool thing that we did, Vince, we managed, I had come across something mm-hmm. where you could arrange to sit in parliament. So the parliament where they do the, the legislative part of the mm-hmm. government, Cape Town. So oh. we actually got to go to a plenary. Oh, look at you. Hearing. Yeah. Yeah. It was free. Now it was, you know, it was the most disorganized <laughs> experience. Uh, we were there with some members of the South uh, South African press, right. and they were, you know, kind of giving us a hard time. But I had to connect on the inside. Okay, and she came and got us, and we uh, went and we sat and we listened to the three, the three major parties with the ANC, the. Uh, the ones called like the democratic something. And then there's like a workers uh, party. Mm-hmm. And it was just fast. Like it was, it was a pretty raucous spirited, very adversarial <laughs> kind of experience. You know, they were booing at each other and yeah, talking over each other. And we were there when there was this kind well, you, know, you know, they're colonized by mostly, you know, Europe, European countries. That's how Europe, you know, they, they do it like that in Europe. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's probably like a vestige of their colonial yeah. influence. Yeah. Um, we were there when they were having a conversation about, I forget the phrase. The idea is the discuss- discussion was about giving land back, back to, the, yeah. to the black folks, right. pretty much. Right. And they were discussing it um, in, in a very general way. And they were also, I, I realized they were talking about how something like that happened in Zimbabwe and it contributed to the bottom of the economy falling out um, mm-hmm. just because the way that things were distributed um, was sort of like riddled with corruption and a lot of the land where the agricultural things were happening were in hands of people that didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, it's a pretty practical matter. It's one thing to give land to people, and it's a a very different thing to show them how to make the land profitable um, or to not give all the land to your best buddy. (laughs) But, you know, we were there to hear a bit of of that conversation. And it was just, you know, something I won't won't ever forget. And, you know, I just kind of encourage people to find ways to you know, I'm not here to tell people what to do on their vacations, but I, there's some benefit in yeah. finding ways to uh, engage with a culture in, in, in a really profound way. And we yeah. try to do that through volunteering and, you know, going out to parliament. and Because, uh, you know, honestly, I don't know when I'll be back in South Africa. So... But again, too, it, 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 it strengthens who you are as a human being as well, because you your connection then is larger to a, you know, to, a, you know, it's, it's a global kind of humanity that I think, sure. you know, traveling allows you to do. And particularly, like you said, if you're traveling with a conscience, you know, some people just want to you know they just want to travel to just say, OK, I've been this place. And you know, that, that's mm-hmm. kind of ugly America mm-hmm. comes from and that, you know, you kind of go places and try to make it like like your home but if you if you traveling you know with an open mind and traveling with you know the understanding of all these complexities then i think it 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 it, it provides a, a much more enriching life you know for 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 you because then you don't just consume then you're not just consume okay well well this is my life on this particular you know 
planet or well, not this particular planet, this particular state, this particular block, this particular street, you know, with these particular people, you know, mm. it's, it's a, it's a greater connection. And I think when you go and travel to your point about uh, the, the, the argument about land in, 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 in Cape town, it, it goes, I think it, it, it serves a, it, it serves as a moment in time that we're in because you know the one thing that that apartheid, at least they, you know, in in in, in, in South Africa, at least what they, you know, again, most of it was rhetoric, but they had like a, you know, a, a, a reconciliation moment, right? Where, where where it was like, you know, we need to talk about, sure. yeah, sure, sure, yeah, you know, they, they, you know, they, so they, you know, so at least again now, you know, people, South African scholars. uh and and folks who I talk to, you know, from 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 you know, that goes to, you know, the teachers at you know, uh, you know, University of Western Cape and, and things like that. They talk about you know how this rhetoric was not necessarily you know placed into policy, but you know, on some level, one could argue that you could that you know you can learn from at least having to acknowledge, you know, past wrong, right, right. And, Rather than just okay, well, let's just you know heal. I think that's one thing America loves doing. Like America loves to talk about atrocities, at the same time they're talking about healing, right? And I think this kind of global perspective, you know, consciously allows you to put these conversations in larger context. Same thing that Malcolm X learned, you know, towards the you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, towards the you know, uh, you know, the latter part of his untimely assassination. Is that you know we need to understand these atrocities on a on a much more you know global global level. You know, we need to understand you know the the role of the UN and 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 why you know America needs to be you know criticized on a global you know platform. And so I you know I I commend you know um, you and your wife for going you know like you said you could have said well I'm on my vacation if I get back here I take much more of a serious you know a critical lens. But the fact that you you know kind of put the ceremonious and the critical you know place them in, in in the same space i think that's you know i think that's that's the reason why you want you know you know you want people to travel you know it's to, to exactly you know, exactly all things are not terrible in these places that they you know um as as people try to make it out to be like oh man you're going to africa you got to be safe for you you know blah 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 you know it's like i said there, there are some places in in, in in on the continent that's well developed and modernized and you know look like you know a typical city you know whether here in the states or somewhere in europe and there's other places that look like you know your you know uh a inner city before gentrification happened you know what i mean yeah yeah and no so, did you, did you have a chance to go to the district six museum when you were there yeah yeah we go okay. to district okay. six um i've been to district twice so i went to district six uh this time, but it's even interesting that you said about District Six. So when we was coming out of District Six, it was a protest mm. uh, at the you know because District Six sits down the street from a police station, and it's a protest that's taking place. And so the police are around. You had all of these people around, but of course, uh, I, we don't necessarily know what's going on. But you know, the people who are with us, you know, they're you know, uh, you know, South Africans. They say so. There's been an influx of of um, immigrants that come that's coming you know that, that's in uh you know uh in cape town and they're having uh you know these kind of same tensions that that the that the states you know are, are are having you know with their uh 
you know, uh, uh, immigrants. And so, you know, the, the policies of how you, people are moved around, how people are treated, you know, that plays out on a global level. It's not confined to, you know, just one area. So that's another thing that travel can do. It, it can place, again, what you're going through in a global context. So that's one thing I appreciate about, about you know, uh, you know, traveling that the, the beauty and the ugliness of, of all these places. Yeah, no, and and like you said, I think I, I, one of the, and you know, I don't have all the answers, but mm-hmm. I, I think part of the solution to some of the problems we have is broadening our international perspectives and and seeing the way things play out on a global level mm-hmm. that sometimes can serve for models for some of the problems in your own country yeah um, you know that will sort of allow you to have some sort of framework to right. try to try to try to work through these problems and Absolutely. you know i uh completely hear what you're saying with mm-hmm. respect to that um now how did your students if you if you had to surmise mm-hmm. what what w- did the experience have some sort of effect on them that you could sense or uh was this just something that they experienced and it didn't really impact them or i guess it just kind of depends on the student what were what were their impressions i think really for the most part you know so i guess i give a a, 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 a explanation so the students most of them you know are coming from different institutions so you have a couple of them come hbcus but you have most of them coming from predominantly white institutions. And of course, that brings, you know, its own experience depending on where them students are coming from. Um, so like with the, you know, with the uh, with the example of the District 6 and what was going on with not only just immigration, but also like gentrification and, 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 and how that's being played out, you know, how that's played out in, in certain parts of the city in, in the all of the guys, right, of, of modernizing, um, modernizing and attracting like outside businesses, you know, that, you know, people are able to make those kind of connections very well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that was, that was, um, that was easily, uh, well, I ain't gonna say easily done, but, but I, but I, I, I often had them those conversations through because we're there like 10 days. Um, and so those students were able to make that connection. Unfortunately, we experienced an armed robbery at the same time we were there, and, mm. I, and that connection was not made um, as much as I would, you know, as 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 you would think, right? And so I, I just give an example, and of course, it's hard for you know people to make certain connections in real time. So I don't know, you know, thinking back if those connections were made. Um, or those connections we made like 10 or 15 years now. So, of course, we spent all this time talking about, you know, the complexities of Cape Town and how you have this economic disparity between the have and the have not and, um, you know, how that, how that grows over time. And, you know, if you create... Uh, a situation where you have a lot of habits. not all, but there's going to be a, a, a significant number or anything. There's going to be a, a, a 
portion of those have not that, that, that chooses to respond in any kind of way. Right. They're, they're, sure. they're going to respond to their to their economic challenges, you know, either through a whole lot of measures that may or may not be legal. And robbery is one of those measures. You have some I won't I'm take. It. And I'm not confused. You know, people who rob and all this thing, because I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. But we should definitely understand that the world in which we are creating, the the context in which the climate in which we're fueling, it allows for that behavior. Actually, I, I would say it it, it 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 promotes that kind of behavior because you have left people in a situation where they have very few options you know, to do anything differently. Now, of course, there's some just people out there badass who just don't want to work and they're just going to take the easy. Yeah, sure. Um, And so this, you know, but, but, but there's a lot of work on, you know, the criminal, that the the, the criminologists have done for decades about why people commit crime. And most from my understanding of, 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 of scholars I've read that people commit crime mostly out of necessity and opportunity. It's an economic problem, right? Right. Yeah. So a, you know, and but 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 again, it's one of those things. It's like if like you and I are out and say, "Be who we're gonna go to this bar," and you're like, "Hey man, is it safe over there?" I said, "Man, you know, this bar ain't been robbed but one time in the last two hundred years." And you say, "Okay, well, yeah, that's that's safe." But if that bar, if that bar get robbed when you and I when you and I are in there, then that one out of that one, you know, that the statistics don't matter at that point because then it's personally affecting me. And so again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those kinds of um, those kind of connections, you know. But when 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 something like that happens, man, it's it's a tragedy, and you feel you feel bad in real time. I still feel bad for the students now. Um, but I, what what I hope, and I I told them, I told some of them this, you know, towards the end of the program. I just hope that in time we can understand not that we condone these connect these actions, but we understand like how. We have, you know, placed Kindle, you know, on this fire. Yes, 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 and, yes, yes. And 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 so, uh, but and then, but I think people would then use that for, you know, reasons not to travel or not to travel to certain places, and then that becomes economically draining, you know, to the place, and then that 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 then reinforces, you know, the kind of philosophy that undergirds, you know, the the you know the 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 economic uh uh, uh templates these places use right so it's like well if we can't get them but business people here then we might as well cater to them because that's that's they yeah. revenue revenue and so removing people then becomes you know justified because you know it's like well it's, that that's the business model sure sure yeah and, and, and it, those connections are made but i think when i think those connections can be you know those connections are made on some level and in some level, I think those connections are harder. So of course, if you get, you can talk about how, um, how, you know, complex this thing is, how beautiful it is. And, you know, you take them to townships or as they move throughout the city, they can, you know, they see the complexity, they see the economic challenges that some, uh, that some people face and then other people don't face. And then when it becomes, when that becomes, you know, violent, then that's that that connection is hard to make, you know, and, and yeah, and, and so and that's totally understandable. Yeah, you know, and that kind of got me to thinking about, you know, our experience. You know, you and I, uh, my brother, 
all attended Morehouse College, mm-hmm. which is where it is, right? Right. In a, uh, high crime uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their own host of problems. So I'm sure maybe some of your students that attended urban HBCUs mm-hmm. could really make that connection because the same inequalities mm-hmm. in, 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 you know, poverty issues in Atlanta, on the right, west side right, of Atlanta, right. aren't dramatically different right. from a lot of those that, you know, played out. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. in front of you guys, like the way they did, you know, I don't know. I never got robbed in Morehouse. My roommate <laughs> right. got robbed on, uh, well, they call it Lowry now. It used to be called Ashby when mm-hmm. I was there. I don't know if it was Ashby when you were there. But he got robbed. You remember that McDonald's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right there, uh, MLK. Oh, MLK. He got. They got. I was supposed to be with him. They got robbed there, and I remember they robbed Steagles one night. Yeah, when we were, uh, <laughs> we were. They said I wasn't in there. I was in the library or something. But they said some. The guy came in there, robbed the place, and left. And then they turned the TV back up. Star frying chicken again. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, I, but I still, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that connection, um, you know, was made by some, but 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 there, you know, and but I, you know, the the, it's just very difficult. I think when 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 you know, because the you know, it, it was so raw. Um, sure. And yeah. So it's traumatic. It, yeah, and at that point, I think we were. We were. I think that happened. The 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 assault, the assault happened. I think on I think day seven, day eight. I mean, we were literally about to go. Mm. Um, and so you know, I, again, I don't necessarily know uh, what the fellows have done. Um, you know, since then, and then, of course, now you know, like when they came back, it's it's interesting that we're talking about. It. I'm just not thinking about it. So we came back January fourteenth. January fifteenth, something like that, and a month later, you know the you know COVID started, you know kind of you know circulating, and then you know you know by March, you know people shut down and schools were shut down, and so they they've had an interesting twenty twenty, you know. So I I I don't even necessarily know how how connected they still are to that experience in Cape Town. Or, or it may be you know, a, a larger connection, you know, given what's going on. Um, and, and, and so you, you you just never, you know, I learned a long time ago being a country boy, as, as they say, in, in, in the Baptist tradition, you just plant the seeds. And, and, and so, um, you know, you don't, you don't uh, try to figure out how people are experiencing stuff. And so they have the information as far as like these complexities of Cape Town. Um, and they also have, you know, their own experiences and so how they're making those connections, you know, I, but I'm sure they will, um, continue to be social justice, you know, fighters. So I, I, I don't think any of them are gonna, you know, turn around and be a damn Trump supporter or, or <laughs> yeah, no, God forbid, or, or talk <laughs> some like deficit language about, you know, people, you know, just need to go to work and, you know, these things have these things are based on individual choices and, and society has nothing, you know, nothing to do with, you know, the bad choices people make. And so I, I don't think they're, you know, we're in jeopardy of that, but 
you know, I think it was, you know, so traveling, man, it, you know, when, when, when things, tragedies happen, you know, during, a, you know, in a traveling experience, I think it, 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 it places, you know, some, a bad taste in your mouth and how that, you know, how that happens, um, how that, how you work through that is, is, is really, I think important. And, and that I really, you know, um, you know, can't speak to now. For me personally, it was just it was it, it was a it was a um, again a to your point. You know about our experience at Morehouse. It's, it's it's just you know we are more responsible for an unsafe world than we want to take responsibility for. Mm. And it's time you know, as as much as we want to pretend as if you know, these individuals are just like bad apples, you know, that's, just, you know, that, but it, it, it's interesting though, particularly I'm thinking about the American context, like America, you know, will not say that police, that the police problems are, are, are systematic, right? Oh, it's, it's bad apples. But when you got a couple of people robbing in neighborhoods, that's economically challenging. Oh, the whole damn neighborhood is culturally deficit. Like what? <laughs> like, like, yeah, like break that logic down. Right. It doesn't even so. I mean, I think you know, traveling abroad is can kind of bring you that same thing. Like, okay, you want people to travel, they're like, oh, I don't want to go there because you know it's it's bad over there. Like, you know, yeah, it's bad around the corner from where you live. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that, uh yeah, yeah. So. That, that's that's really a point. I have some travel averse people in my family mm -hmm. and they don't understand the value mm. in, in, you know, picking up and going to places unknown. Um, and a lot of that is rooted in fear of something bad happening. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I admit there's a, kind of an unnerving feeling about, something misfortunate happening in a place that you, that yeah. isn't home. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. But. The people have by sending their kids off to college or, or traveling. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Right. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, you, the, the, what I tell people is that the, the risk, the, the benefit of, of what all this gives me outweighs the risk. And, you know, part of well, my experiences, you know, have taught me that, you know, I'm not invincible. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, in these foreign spaces. And, you know, again, I, I, I don't have direct answers for people on what you can do to mitigate the risk of those kind of things in, in places abroad. But, you know, I, I, I do know that there's tremendous value in going to these places and there, there are ways that you can mitigate risk. Um, but you, you, you are going to take a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that just, that comes with the territory. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I want to exercise, uh, my autonomy and my agency to do things in a way where, you know, I'm not paralyzed by, fear of these things that could happen yeah and but, but to be honest though i i actually think 
we I think our traveling and, and again when we travel consciously and travel with a a lens and actions towards social justice, I I do think that you know we can we can mitigate you know some of the 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 you know the the challenges that people face. And I think if you mitigate the challenges that people face, then you mitigate the action that people are willing to take. I mean, it's hard for people to be upset if 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 they have you know running water, you know a decent school, you know, and if they yeah if, yeah if their social yeah. institutions are functioning. Then, because at that yeah. point you're not robbing for basic, sure. you're not robbing to meet the needs of basic. Yeah, you're right. Of basic, you know, necessity. You're right. You're robbing to, you know, just to because you want a Bentley, like, and those kind of folks, you know, uh, you know that that you just, you know, you you do what you have to do with them. But you know, most folks out here who who, who are doing again, and, and, and we learn this by those who study. You know criminal behavior uh, by those who study uh, the kind of uh, things that take place in economically challenged neighborhoods, um, and 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 again, like you know, from my understanding of of crime and, and and assault, you know, is that when people take something from you, it's it's, it's you know based on necessity, and again, you know, uh, you know, economic de- deprivation, not necessarily because it's some you know, wrong with this individual person or these individual people culturally is just, you know, that's the, and again, and, and most people, you know, who live in that, in that kind of challenging space, they don't respond that way, but there are a, a, a few, you know, or, or, or I don't say a few, cause more than a few, um, there's, you know, uh, several, several people in those communities and in our communities and, and, and in other people communities that, you know, will, We'll take that route, it's, but but I do think that um, I think that traffic, events, huh? events. Yeah. I'm gonna have to wrap. I, we got like five seconds, so I'm gonna okay. have to wrap up. We had a wonderful conversation, man. Yeah. But I'm gonna have to wrap it up. No problem. All right, because it's it's gonna stop recording. Okay. <laughs> All right. No problem. I'll, man. Talk, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Hey, man. Glad to be a part of it. All right. Take care. All right. Bye bye. Yeah.